Welcome to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond, where we share our enjoyment and experiences of language learning with you. I'm Beck, and usually you would also hear Penny alongside me, um, but today we're doing things a little bit differently um, because instead of being in Australia where we usually are, I'm actually in Glasgow in Scotland um, in the Coffee Break Languages uh, studio here with Mark from Coffee Break. Hi, Mark. G'day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's as much Australian as I'm going to embarrass myself with. <laughs> Thank you so much for welcoming me here today into your studios. Um, but I'm, I'm very happy to be, to be speaking to you today as a fellow language lover. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Delighted to have you here. <laughs> um, and we're going to be talking a little bit about you as a language lover and, and your background with that, um, but also a little bit about what you do. So for anybody who hasn't heard of Coffee Break Languages before, could you just give us a, a brief explanation, like a two-sentence rundown of what Coffee Break Languages is? Okay. We make language lessons for people who don't have much time to learn a language. So we make the kind of language lessons that you can use in your coffee break or when you're at the gym, walking the dog or on your commute to work. Fantastic. And as a Coffee Break listener myself, um, Penny also listens to Coffee Break. Um, she listens to Coffee Break French. Mm -hmm. I have listened to Coffee Break German and Coffee Break Italian. Excellent. And uh, even my husband, Chris, has listened to Coffee Break German and loves it. Ausgezeichnet. <laughs> Hello, Chris. <laughs> um, we are all uh, avid listeners who have really appreciated um, and enjoyed the, the content that, that you've offered through what you do. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But today, while I've got you here, I'd love to hear more about your story as a language lover um, and, and where, this is, where this has all come from. So could you tell me, firstly, which languages have you studied? Okay, um, quite a few. <laughs> um, I started with uh, French at school. Uh, now, in, in those days, there was new, no French in primary schools or anything like that. So I started French at secondary school. Um, and uh, then I picked up some, well, I picked up some Italian, although my grandmother was Italian. We didn't really use Italian at home. Um, a few phrases here and there, but I, I didn't speak Italian. So I picked up some Italian at school and then went on to study French, Italian, Spanish and Portuguese at, at university. Um, but over the years I've, I've dabbled, you, you mentioned yourself as a, as a dabbler in many languages and I've dabbled in many, many languages. Um, so I've, I've done a fair bit of, of German, um, Norwegian, Swedish, a little bit of Chinese and a few others. Fantastic. What, um, do you have a favourite in there? I find that really, really difficult because I think it depends so much on what kind of mood I'm in, uh, what food I'm eating, um, what travelling you know, you've done, traveling lately. I've done lately. Indeed, yeah, absolutely. And you have travelled quite a lot too. Yeah, in fact, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just back from the states. Uh, <laughs> very, very late yesterday, I believe. Late last night, I got back from the states. So my 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 body is here, but I think my 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 mind is still halfway across the Atlantic. Um, yeah, I think travel is one of the the the, the most amazing opportunities that, that learning languages can can give you. Whether whether that's you're traveling for the language in in some way, like in, in our case, we sometimes have to travel to to record things in different countries. Um, or indeed just on holiday and meeting other people who speak different languages. It's, I, I love travelling. Have you ever had any specific moments where you were travelling and you, you heard a language and you thought, 
that's it, I'm going to learn that. Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think when, when you're traveling, you're listening listening into conversations. Airports are brilliant for that. You can sit in an airport and listen to people around you speaking other languages, and you'll hear 10 different languages in, 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 in you know, three or four minutes or something like that. And I think eavesdropping, I always say that eavesdropping is one of the best tools for, for language learning. Just do it very carefully. Don't, don't be too obvious about your eavesdropping <laughs> because you can, you can pick up some amazing things. I have to say, as, as a language learner, I've also always loved eavesdropping on conversations and having that moment where I've understood what people have said, especially if you're still a, quite a beginner and, and you realise, you're like, oh, I just, I just got that. Yeah, I, yeah. I know or what they said. They use that phrase <laughs> that I've been learning or, or a particular expression or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, fantastic. So, um, what did, so I believe you started as a teacher. That's Is that correct. right? Yep. So can you tell us a bit how you went from studying at university to, to then your progression then into the world of languages? Okay. Um, well, I studied language, languages at university. And at that point, um, I, I very much wanted to be a teacher. Um, I think there's a, a tendency nowadays, I do a lot of work in, in schools um, these days, and, and there is a tendency for young people to think, oh, well, all you can do if you do languages is become a languages teacher. And that's absolutely not the case. Um, however, in my case, when I was a teenager and, and then going on to, to study languages at university, I knew I wanted to teach because I knew that I had this passion for, for language learning, a passion for uh, interest in other cultures and other societies and other places. And I wanted to, I guess, share that passion with, with other people, with younger learners. Um, and I absolutely loved teaching. Uh, I taught in a, a number of schools and was involved in education uh, in, in Scotland uh, for, for a number of years. Um, but then I was running a project for, for different schools. Uh, the, the funding for that particular project ran out um, and my job was going to move away from languages. And at that point, I thought, I still want to be involved. And this was in 2005, 2006. So at that time, it was the very, very beginning of podcasting. And we had already been doing some podcasting as part of that schools project where we were looking at taking languages out of the classroom and giving people opportunities to use their languages in a variety of ways. Um, so I thought well, podcasting is the perfect medium for, for language learning. Um, so why not? Let's try making a podcast for, for people who wanted to learn, uh, in that case, Spanish. So along with a colleague's daughter who wanted to learn Spanish, we started putting together the Coffee Break Spanish lessons. And that was way back in 2006. And uh, it just kind of grew from there a little. <laughs> How did you find that initial experience of, of working with podcasting? Well, back then... Podcasting was very, very different from what it is now. I would say now pretty much everyone knows what a podcast is. Um, it, it, you can access podcasts so easily on so many different devices and so many different locations. Um, but back then, it was something that you we had a lot of educating people about what a podcast was before we got to the the, the, the learning language bit, if you, if you like. So even in the, in, in the sense we had to hand code the feeds. Um, so the podcast feed that now is created by uh, some system that you, you know, you can upload your podcasts to a, a, a website or whatever and, and you'll automatically generate the podcast feed. Back then we had to actually hand code that feed in order for people to be able to subscribe. And this was in the days before iTunes, before iPhones before smartphones really um, so people were finding uh, the, the contents online it was also in days when bandwidth was was completely different so we had to think about the, the quality at which we were recording and, and think about the, 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 the size of the file and so on um, very differently from how we, how we do that now 
So this is probably a bit of an education for lots of people listening to this podcast about codes and codes, feeds. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> now that we could also easily find um, podcasts on, you know, just going look, um, searching on Spotify or yeah, searching exactly. on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you may be listening. Um, but I suppose you've followed a real progression. You've almost seen the whole industry change. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I, I'm, I'm actually just back from social media marketing world in in San Diego, where there was lots of talk, obviously, about podcasting, about different social media. Um, and I was recently in in a podcast movement in Orlando, and there it was about four or five years since I had been to podcast movement, and there I saw a huge difference in in just four or five years in terms of the types of companies that were there, the types of companies that were exhibiting and presenting. It's all the big players, so you know the like ABC and and uh, well, BBC, the Spotify, SBS. You mentioned um, all all of these companies. Uh, as broadcasters are there and that has helped podcasting significantly reach a different audience. I also think it's changed podcasting in the sense that podcasting used to be about small independent publishing houses like ourselves making our own way in the in the in the grand scheme of of this world of production and maybe there's a little bit of that that is not lost as such but it, 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 i think it's important that the small independent organizations aren't swallowed by the the major league broadcasters because podcasting is not radio mm-hmm. it's not just a different way of accessing your radio programs it's also about, I don't know, a certain freedom of being able to bring to a worldwide audience whatever it is you're interested in, in our case, language lessons. So going back to, to language lessons, what do you think is so particularly good about being able to have language lessons via podcasts? First of all, podcasts, in their, in, in, by their nature, and, and I think that's part of what we and, and all other podcasts have helped define by their nature of being friendly conversations, that in itself for me is the the, the key element of of learning a language. Because if you sit down with someone who speaks the native the language that you're learning, who's a native speaker or indeed a teacher of that language, then you're going to have a pleasant, uh, relaxing conversation with that person. And it's the best surroundings, the best sort of uh, situation to find yourself in for learning the language. Um, from a practical perspective, if you're listening to a podcast, you can pause it. You can skip back if you didn't catch something. You can play it at at half speed if you want to hear a, a slower version of of you know. As a language learner, we always want people to speak more slowly so that we can hear it. But you can slow down a podcast easily in, on most podcast players. So I think there there are lots of of technical or, or sort of yeah technical elements that allow podcasts to be a really good medium for for language learning. But I I think I would come back to that whole friendly nature, the informal conversation and the fact also that in a sense, any podcast is quite an, an intimate experience because someone is probably walking along with earbuds in um, and you're speaking directly to that person in their ears rather than being broadcast over speakers or something like that. So I think all of these things lend themselves very well to, to effective language learning. I guess it does feel very much like I, I often feel listening to podcasts that it's like you're involved in the conversation. So you're right that that intimacy is is really a nice, a lovely thing to have through podcasts. But also in the context of language learning, it's like having a private 
like having a private lesson. Yeah. You know, there aren't, you don't feel like there's, uh, you know, a million other people, a million other people, 15 <laughs> other people in the room, maybe who are, who are, you know, they're listening, listening in, maybe interrupting, um, you know, asking, asking questions, all good things. But, yeah. you know, sometimes it is nice to have that intimacy with hearing just one or two other voices giving you information that you can then process at your own speed. From the very beginning, when we started Coffee Break, we we wanted to recreate that classroom scenario, or or a, a small classroom scenario, a tutor group, or something like that. So all of our lessons have always had, certainly the beginner levels have always had a teacher and a learner. So the listener is the second learner in a sense, and it is that almost that kind of three way uh, conversation that's happening, and even to the extent of uh, you know we leave spaces in our recordings. For example, I'll, I'll give you a, a kind of concrete example here. So let's say we're talking about Coffee Break German, where I'm the learner. Andrea is our, our teacher. And Beck, I know you <laughs> listen to Coffee Break German, so you're our listener. I'm the other person sitting in my car listening Absolutely. to it on the yeah. <laughs> So Andrea will ask me a question and I'll, I'll very often say, well, let's give our listeners some time to think about this. So... At that point, you're thinking through as you're driving along, okay, what is the answer to this particular question? Which case do we need here? Um, and that, I think, again, is something that, that you know, if, if, you, if you went into a, a bookstore and, and bought a, a, a language course and a CD, you wouldn't really get that same experience because the CD would probably have just the conversation on it or something like that. Whereas our, course, our courses, our, our, our content, and indeed other content, of course, is built around this nature of a natural conversation. A, learn, a lesson that happens with the combination of a learner and a teacher and, and the listener. I have to ask you, as a as a teacher, who you do still get to do teaching through your podcasts, but do you miss the classroom? Yes. I, what I miss is obviously with with uh, with podcasts. We have lots of listeners and lots of listeners get in touch and we love when listeners get in touch and say what they've enjoyed, what they've perhaps not enjoyed, what they've found difficult and so on. But there's nothing to beat the immediate feedback that you get in a lesson when you're teaching a classroom uh, of, of, of students, be they children, be they adults. Um, and they're, I think the, the, the most special thing about that learning process is seeing the progression, seeing when the learner clicks and they get it and they suddenly understand. And then the most wonderful moment when they use it back to you in a natural conversation, you think, I taught them that, and it's a very proud, <laughs> a very proud moment. Um, but also, I think it's it's equally important that you know, from a teacher's point of view, when a learner comes up with something that maybe you've not taught them, that's amazing as well because it means they've gone and done something themselves and and uh, have perhaps listened to an episode of podcast of, of Coffee Break or something like that. So we should we should be clear here. We're all I, I have a deep place in my heart for teachers, having been surrounded by teachers pretty much my whole life, and yeah. um, and now especially in in what I do for work too. Um, but so teachers out there, you're great. We love you. Absolutely. Your work is well appreciated. Absolutely. Totally. <laughs> don't ever feel like that your your students your students don't appreciate it because even if they don't now, they will, they will one day. <laughs> so you mentioned that your first Coffee Break podcast was for Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us how it progressed from there? Because now you have many languages. We do. Um, so we launched with Spanish. And at the time, Spanish was the, it was basically the first beginner Spanish podcast on iTunes that, wow, that we, we launched. Um 
And then we, again, I was working full time. It was a a kind of evenings and weekends thing that we did. Um, And we put out, uh, we we tend to do things in seasons of 40 lessons. So um, a 40 episode season of of Coffee Break Spanish went out. And by that time we thought, yeah, this is working really well in Spanish. also, at that time, we were starting to think about, okay, can can we generate a little bit of, of revenue from this? Um, and we started selling lesson notes and so on to accompany it. And that helped to provide a little bit of funding for new microphones and, and things like that. And we then started Coffee Break French, which launched in 2008. So there's two years later, two full years later. Um, and... Again, with with French and Spanish, both my languages, uh, I I was teaching both of the the Coffee Break French and Spanish. And we thought, right, where do we want to go with this? Do we want to do uh, another language? And and we then added on German and Italian, Mandarin. This year we've just launched Swedish. um, And we are a couple of weeks away from, maybe by the time this goes out, it'll already have launched. But we're very soon going to be launching uh, Coffee Break English for Spanish speakers, which is oh, fantastic. quite a, an exciting project. Yeah, and that's a that's a real step into something quite different. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> a little channel. <laughs> it's quite a challenge, to be honest, because for so long, again, in, in, in this one, I am the English teacher working with, with Maria, who is our, our Spanish native speaker learner. Um, and what I've found in this one has been quite a challenge to swap the, the 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 process in my mind of of for example praising you immediately think of praising in the target language. So my immediate thoughts are, I give you in, you know, I win, I <laughs> But then I'm suddenly thinking, no, Mark, you're supposed to be speaking English here. So that's been a little bit of a challenge, but it's 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 good fun, and uh, we think Coffee Break English is going to go down very well. Have you had um, any really particular success moments that have just made you feel like? I don't know, this podcast was, this podcast was, you know, one of the best episodes we've done or like we had some feedback that that made you feel like everything that we've done or maybe it was a particularly difficult podcast to record and then you were like, no, it's worth it. Somebody's come back with some great feedback. It was all, all the hard work was, was due. Yeah, I think some of our episodes are are very straightforward to record. We come into the studio and we, we, we've got them planned and we, we, we record them. Other episodes are, are much more complex. So, for example, we, we did a season of our Coffee Break French called En Route avec Coffee Break French and that was all recorded in the south of France and we were doing interviews with, with native speakers and so on and we did a similar thing in, in Spain in Marta and those are much, much more complex episodes. They are recorded out and about then we bring all the recordings back and we put the... the the materials together. Um, with En Route, we had uh, a, a recent comment from from one of our, our listeners um, saying that basically they, they were so they, they enjoyed this particular episode so much that they had planned their entire summer around going to the places that we were in in, in uh, Menton. And there was one particular uh, lady that we spoke to, uh, Jilly, who was a, a photographer. Now, um, Jilly is a dog photographer and she is based in a little village called Gorbio. Um, and that it was a, a lovely episode hearing about how she had uh, learned French and used French on a daily basis. 
And I got an email from Jilly the other day saying that uh, she had spent a lovely morning with two people who had listened to the podcast episodes with her in it and they had gone to Gorbio and he'd bumped into her and they had uh, a lovely morning spent t- chatting about all that's things. That's amazing. And I thought, well, that's really, really, really nice. But it's cool that it also brings people together because you have quite the community around your podcast as well, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, we try to, to build the Coffee Break community whenever we can. Um, and that's something that we'll, we'll, we'll continue to do. You mentioned just earlier the En Route um, sort of series. Mm-hmm. I know that you've also got, um, there's Coffee Break magazine, I believe. Yep. Could you tell us a bit more about the other products that you have that are not just the, the courses? Yeah, so we have our main seasons of, of Coffee Break and they tend to be the 40 lesson seasons. Um, and at the moment we've got uh, four seasons in French and Spanish going from A1 level up to a B2C1. Um, and in German and Italian, we've currently got two seasons and Chinese and Swedish, we have uh, one season. But we also have shorter uh, podcast series. Um, so these would be sort of specials, whereas, as you mentioned, the En Route and, and in Marta, those are 10 lesson seasons. And we also have our magazine. And the magazine is aimed at learners who have perhaps uh, reached a, a sort of B1 stage. And with the magazine, we tend to focus on a cultural topic. We've got a, a text, that the, the, the topic that the, the lesson is based on. And then in addition to just looking at that text, we also then go through the text. So it's not just, here's a text, learn it. Um, it's, here's a text, now let's look at the language in this text. Let's give a further examples of these tricky expressions. And of course, the texts have been written in such a way to include interesting expressions and phrases and grammar points that we can then use in a variety of ways. So the magazine seasons, um, they are, are what we're, we're focusing on at the moment with uh, with Spanish and, and with French and German and Italian, actually. Um, we also have a new series coming out for advanced French learners and it's it will be 40 lessons but it's not quite the same as our, our ongoing seasons. It's called La Vérité éclate toujours mm-hmm. and it's all based around a, a story. It's based around a, a crime story that has taken place in, in Paris and, um, well, I'll, I'll not say too much. I don't want to spoil yeah, the, don't give it away. The, 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 the story. <laughs> um, but our French learners who have worked through all our seasons, uh, I think, are very very excited about La Vérité éclate toujours. And it is such a rich uh, piece of content. There's so much in every lesson. Um, and it's basically like, if you imagine the idea of picking an, a, a novel off the shelf and, and starting to read that novel, but then someone talking you through the entire novel, you get hooked on the story, but you've also got all of this language support with additional materials, with additional examples, and uh, it's all there to help you. I, I find it, like particularly great that you're providing this content for intermediate to advanced learners because I have to say as an intermediate to advanced learner myself in some of the languages that I have learned it can be a real struggle to find good graded content um at at that level you know people often talk about the intermediate plateau um and that can be a real a real loss of motivation time for a lot of learners um where not only do you just feel like you're like oh where do I go to from here but also you you find yourself with a real struggle of finding appropriate content for your interests and I think to have as you say sort of more more intermediate and in the case of French coming up um an advanced 
course, or I suppose uh, mm. an advanced set of information that is supported and provided by teachers. So it's still got the learning components that are required, but it is created for people of a particular level who are, I'm guessing, probably um, English speakers initially. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. I think what we try to do is vary the support. We always give the support, but we, we vary it at, at different levels. And sometimes we get requests from learners saying, for example, can you not provide a, an English translation of this text? To me, that completely defeats the purpose. At that level, you don't need a translation. What you need is perhaps vocabulary because the the, 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 the process that you will go through trying to work out what things mean, you've got the added benefit of the, the audio translation or the audio, the, the, the developments and so on with, with the audio. You've got all that support there, but you don't need a translation. That's your job as yeah, a learner. Exactly. No, that's fantastic. So Mark, where, does, where do people find all of this information? How do they access it themselves? Okay, first of all, head over to coffeebreaklanguages.com and that's coffee break. I, in the States this week, I've been saying coffee break and people, coffee break, brick, as in brick wall? No, coffee break, as in what you have in the middle of the day. Yes. Um, coffeebreaklanguages.com or all our courses are the Coffee Break Academy. So coffeebreakacademy.com. So we'll link those through in the show notes anyway. So you'll have a direct a d- direct line into, into there. Um, and obviously you can find all of the podcasts that are freely available as well on in the usual places. In the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and we're on all the, the social networks as well. Just look for Coffee Break Languages. Fantastic. So Mark, thank you so much for joining us here today. Um, it is such a pleasure to have you here with us, well, here, here with myself, but also with Penny and Spirit um, <laughs> for a, a language chat. Um, Thank you also for being here listening in to us today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Language Chats. If you have used the Coffee Break Languages podcasts or any any of the the content that they, the wonderful content they provide, um, let us know. We'd love to hear how you've used it, how you've enjoyed it. I'm sure Mark would also love to hear that too, and we can certainly pass it on. Um, but we really appreciate you being with us here. And if you haven't used it before, but you would like to be a try one of the Coffee Break podcasts, then then look them up and, and have a go. Um, as you know, you've probably heard this before, but we'll say it again. Language Chats is part of a larger project that um, Penny and I put together called Language Lovers AU. We're a community for people in Australia who are interested in languages, um, but obviously we also welcome and are interested in languages everywhere. Um, If you would like to find us online um, or find previous episodes of this podcast, you can find them at languagelovers.com.au or in the usual podcast places on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher. Um, But thank you for joining us today and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Thank you.